G'day listeners and welcome back to another episode of the Keeper League podcast. We're the AFL fantasy podcast that doesn't talk about the superstars. We only talk about the less knowns and the players that are going to bring value to your draft and Keeper League teams. Uh, my name's Hef and I'm joined by a stranger sitting across from me, a guy I haven't seen in a very long time and that is none other than the Oracle case. How are you buddy? Good to be here, Hef. Exciting to be back in studio, Hef. It's changed a lot in the uh, last month since I've been out. We've got a new table, yeah. a lot more lighting. Oh, I think the lighting's the here. same, but okay. uh, it's just reconfigured, that's all. Um, a big congratulations is in order, Kay. Kay's had uh, of his first child, daughter, mm-hmm. baby girl, beautiful baby girl. So, congratulations. Thank you. And that explains uh, why you've been away for so long, I guess. It's been a whirlwind, Hef. Yep. Uh, <laughs> yeah, shit's kind of hit me in the face. So, um, yeah, figuratively <laughs> and literally. I was going to say, yeah. so we've been through um, that. Yeah, so it's been a, a very, oh, it's been an amazing kind of month, but um, yeah, obviously life's kind of been flipped upside down. So uh, it's been good that you and Dossie can uh, continue to fly the, the Keeper League flag in my absence. But, you know, I'm obviously here to improve some takes. Yeah, um, you know, <laughs> good to hear, good to hear. Yeah, bringing Dossie on was actually like a kind of a spur of the moment thing uh, uh, at the time, and I'm bloody glad we did it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> From now, so yeah. things would have been hectic otherwise. Uh, uh, Jason Beck in the chat actually said congratulations on the baby, Thanks, man. or congratulations on the sex, as the draft doctors say. But uh, I think what, the baby's probably more important. That's to what be honest. They do say. <laughs> Anyways, uh, Dossie's out tonight. Mm-hmm. Um, he uh, mentioned earlier he just had a COVID symptoms today. Had a test. He's fine. Came back negative. Just couldn't get here in time, so it's all good. I'm not actually sure that's true like i want some conspiracy theories here <laughs> now i've got a couple like obviously these are pretty boring but like maybe me and dos are the same person like has anyone ever seen us in the same room at the same time he's got way more hair than you do that's true <laughs> but uh look he's probably got a voice for radio i've got a face for tv so that obviously can't doesn't stack up but the other one is maybe we just hate each other that much that we just can't be in the same room um, I don't know. I don't know if that's the case. Like, you're really in the same room. When we did the uh, Pod Pod crossover, you seemed to get on okay. It's, I don't oh, know. We, we did get along. Okay. Any other conspiracy I don't theories? know. Like, I, that's why if the listeners are out there and they want to come up with a sweet conspiracy theory. Maybe Dossie's an anti-vaxxer and we can't have him in the same room because you've got a newborn. Maybe that's Maybe. the reason. I don't know. I don't know if you want to put that on Dossie. That's a bit harsh. Yeah, nah. Dossie's not an anti-vaxxer. <laughs> not like the Jed Anderson chat we had before the uh, this uh, podcast, but we'll move on from that. Now, Kays, because you've been away for so long, mm-hmm. um, I've got a little present for you. Ooh, so thank you. Jeez, I should go away for a month more often if I get some presents. This is fantastic. What right. could it be? Here we go. So, what is this? If was, this is from Manscaped, not actually sh- from me. Is this so a box of pa- pair of new shoes? No, no, no. It's not a pair of new shoes. Manscaped. And, yep. So, this is from our friends at uh, Manscaped. Oh, here. So, it's oh. new gear. So, yeah, you can pull that one there and open it up there. I've also got your this here. What is that? Huh? Oh, you just you wait and see, mate. The so, weed whacker. So, Electric basically. Nose in here. You know, look, I know that I've kind of let myself go the last <laughs> month, but to be greeted with an electric nose and ear tr- hair trimmer straight up is a bit rude, but, you know, you know, I'll take the hint. I'll take the hint. Anyway, anyway we'll be serious now. So, uh, Manscaped, uh, they've jumped on board to uh, sponsor the podcast. So, what have I got here? I've got the uh, Lawnmower 4.0 to have a look at. I've got uh, the Manscaped, uh, what's this one? The Crop Reviver. So, that's the- uh, that, Does that give me more hair on top of my well, head? Well, that's the toner. So, I don't know where it puts hair. You might try it on your head. Might it might give you a bigger bottle of I don't actually know what a toner is actually, but anyway. Um, then we've got the Crop Preserver, which is the uh, ball deodorant as well. Then we've also got the uh, the weed whacker here, which is the the nose hair trimmer. So basically, um, they they basically sent us the performance package. So um, it comes come from Manscaped. I didn't actually know it was charged. So that's pretty good. good to but go. yeah, these things are an absolute game changer. Okay, so like 
in the 4.0 that we got sent, um, mm-hmm. there was all those products I just mentioned. Um, that was the uh, the lawnmower 4.0, the weed uh, the weed whacker, the ear and nose trimmer. That's what that is. Um, the crop preserver, the ball deodorant, the the crop reviver, which is the toner. We also got a pair of boxes case in there yeah, as well. So nice. yep, and a little travel bag in there too. So thank you to Manscaped. So support for this podcast uh, is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best men's below the waist grooming uh, service. Have you seen that? Um, like the TikTok dudes who do the commentary, the cricket commentary, and they like do the. No, I haven't. They, is that what they're holding? Amazing. They <laughs> hold like a razor and they're like doing that. Yeah, it's very funny. It's funny that they use them as a microphone yeah. uh, microphone because Manscaped offer precision engineered tools for your family jewels. So I don't know if I'd want to put it that close to my face, case. But uh, Manscaped recently launched the uh, ultimate men's hygiene bundle, which is what we got given. It's a performance package. Um, basically, over 4 million men worldwide are trusting Manscaped uh, with, their, with their family jewels. Wow. So, yeah. Um, if you want to get your hands on it, we've got an exclusive offer for you. Um, head to manscaped.com and use the coupon code KEEPER20 um, and you get 20% off uh, and free shipping with a free worldwide shipping. So, you can be anywhere, Sweet. basically. So, use KEEPER20. All our Finland listeners. And, yeah, yeah, anyway. anyway you know, like all our Finland. Yeah. yeah. KEEPER20. Actually, I probably should actually run the, uh, the ad on the stream there. KEEPER20. Get your uh, Manscaped products and then, uh, yeah, go from there. Now, Kay, we've got something running on our social media mm. as well. Do you want to share yeah. that? So, basically, we've got one of these products that we have. Uh, yes, basically, we've got a lawnmower 4.0, a spare yeah. one there. And so. all you have to do is retweet or share a Facebook post. Yeah, so and I think it's on the running. pinned to our Twitter. Mm. Um, I think it's, you have to dig through our Facebook a uh, few pages, a uh, few posts below. But, um, yeah, basically, if you share or retweet that post, um, you go into the running uh, to win a lawnmower 4.0. So, geez, yeah, this is a bit different. Treat your to, balls. Yeah, this is a bit different to the normal um, sponsor reads we do. <laughs> but, yeah, you know, I've seen a few out there, actually, a few people, they're a bit embarrassed to retweet it, you know. <laughs> Like, don't want to admit they do a bit of grooming downstairs. Nothing to be ashamed of. It's 21st century. It's what men do. That's what we all do. Hef <laughs> does it apparently. Yeah, get on board. I've got, I haven't uh, seen it. I want to put that out there. But yeah, you, you don't want to. Do you want to? Do you want to no, not right now. <laughs> okay, okay. Right we'll now. come back and play. We'll some, wait till the stream. Come back and play some big old footy. Okay, yeah, that's fair enough. All right, uh, I think it's uh, time to uh, stop being so silly and we'll get into our club previews. All right, the Oracle is back and he is going to talk us through the Hawthorne Hawks. He's picked uh, some players for us here, so let's mm-hmm. get stuck into it. Yep, I'm going to start off with uh, Dylan Moore. Now, I'm a huge fan of young Dylan Moore and an absolute travesty last year. He wasn't voted into the uh, best 22 under 22. I just think no one actually realized how good a season he had uh, playing in such a crap team. So, um, he averaged 15 touches, three tackles and kicked 27 snags. Now, that's really good going. That's the same as Eddie Betts managed last year, more than Connor Rosie, more than Jordan Degoe, more than our boy Lockie Schultz. He had a genuine year last year. He was actually the 50th best fantasy forward last season with an average of 70.4. And his last five, he came home very strongly, averaged 85.7, which had him as the 16th 16th best. So, um, only six of his 20 games are under 60 uh, points, which I think is pretty good for a small forward uh, of his kind of ilk. He averaged 72 after the bye, um, and in that had two 39s, but also had a 94 and a 97. So, he just kept delivering good scores week in, week out. Only was held goalless four games of uh, his 20 this, uh, sorry, last year too. So, what I love about Dylan Moore, he just loves the contested footy. Uh, he's happy to go and find it himself, lay the tackles, do all that kind of stuff. Now, he's just a bit more than your normal uh, small forward for me. I don't want to, you know, lump him in as the, oh, he's a Toby Green type, but uh, he's just got you 
a few more fantasy tricks than someone like a Charlie Cameron or a James Rowe or, you know, those kind of, you know, uh, guys that you might pick up last round. There's actually something about Dylan Moore I really, really like. Now, um, he's just that touch of a stretch if you were going to hold him as a keeper. He's in my, my side currently. I don't think I'll be keeping him, but he's someone I'm kind of keen to draft again, maybe, you know, for us, Hef, round four, round five, round six, just because... Um, we know that forwards are scarce this year and uh, he just doesn't put in a bad game. So, I love him as like a F4, F5 option this year where almost a bit of a set and forget. Yeah, I, I think F5 is where he's at. Like maybe maybe bench, depends how you're going. But if you're in the top 15, you're playing a 10 team league, basically puts him in the F5 category. So, yeah, I don't mind it. Um, there was like a few, there was a period where Chad Wingard was out, but I don't think it really affects him because I think Chad Wingard's going to run through the midfield this year. So, I think it's fine. Just having a look at his splits here um, for the season. So, Actually, it was the back half of the season where he came home mm-hmm. super strong. So, that was when Wingard was actually in the side. So, I think uh, that's actually bodes well for him there to prove that I can actually score along with him there. Um, yeah, look, like I said, not someone who's hugely on my radar. I only draft mid, uh, like small forwards if they're like the type that kind of can kick bags every now and then because I just use them as streamers. I don't love the kind of 70 average ones. But yeah, as an F5, I, I think it's fine. Mm-hmm. Um. I'll take him then in our league. That's, That's fine. fine, man. Uh, Will Day's the next guy I want to talk about. So, I'm incredibly high on this youngster. I know you are too, Hef. Um, he had a bit of a delayed preseason uh, heading into this year, but he's up and running now and should be good to go. So, uh, Day averaged 69 from his five games last year. A couple of real eye-catching uh, games too. So, in round one against the Bombers, he had 28 touches for 103 points. And round 15 against the Giants, he had 29 touches for 88 so, he averaged 74.5 BCV the year prior. And look, despite not winning as much footy as he did last year, he was just super consistent on that wing um, and halfback flank. So, um, he's got back status this year, um, but I do see him on a wing going forward. Yeah, I think that's like his, um, his role for life. Yep. But look, with him on one wing, uh, Tommy Phillips on the other, I just think, unlike Phillips last year, I don't think he's going to have a stinker like uh, <laughs> like Tom Phillips did. But um, he's got a great year ahead. And um, if I'm going to tip one thing, it's going to be that he loses their back status. But for me, as a, a long-term, you know, keeper league player, I don't think that should be a reason to not yeah. draft him because I think he's going to be a, a top echelon kind of player, potentially, a you know, up around a human luggage kind of status for me. So, look, he's got plenty of class. He uses the ball beautifully. Uh, the Hawks genuinely want it in his hands. So, um, if it... If he comes into this year fit, you know, obviously it's a bit of a still a bit of a monitor preseason watch just in case he's, um, you know, just have a few niggles. But uh, in an established keeper league, it wouldn't stop me drafting him, you know, if he's available. But if it just might, um, if, if, if you're starting one up, um, might just have to drop him down a touch if he has a few injury issues. But look, I think he's a massive, massive, massive contender for a th- third year breakout. Yeah, he's uh, he was an elite junior scorer, 100 plus average in the Sanford right in South Australia, I think he is. Um, so yeah, always had potential. First season, like, gunned it in that 2020 Corona year. Um, was like, uh, you know, managed a bit, was rested a few, but put up a few 80s and things like that. So it was pretty handy there. I think he's one of the players, like Hawthorne's one of those clubs that if... If he's going to lose his back status, it's probably a good thing for him because you don't want to be caught up in that glut of defenders that you're going to talk about soon. Mm-hmm. He's actually just going to come up to the wing and actually like play some fantasy-friendly footy, which is going to be nice because I think a lot of actual defenders, like you're going to have one that scores well and I've got no idea who it's going to be. Yep. And I think the rest are going to have to share the points. But we'll talk about that in a sec. Who you got next? I'm going to talk about a little battle within a battle here. It's the Ned Reeves v. Max Lynch situation. So I'm going to say it's Reeves bodily harm versus Mad Max Lynch. <laughs> I like um, it. So it's a genuine fight for who's going to be the next in line the Hawks number one now I think 
you've got to assume that big boy is going to assume the number one mantle still. Now, we know that uh, Seggs has gone off to – God, where's he gone to? Uh, he went to Geelong. He went to Geelong, that's right. Um, so, it's big boy and one of these guys. Now, if we go through their 2021 stats, uh, Reevesy played eight VFL games, uh, averaged 11 touches, 31 hitouts for 76 fantasy points. Um, he had two tons and a couple of real quiet games in there, but he played five AFL games for the Hawks. He had 10 touches, averaged 26 hitouts and 69 fantasy points a game. So, Nice. Um, Reeves, uh, what's his most hitouts were in round 11 against the Ruckless Suns. So that's when he pulled out 35 hitouts and had 81 fantasy points. Now, good game, and we were quite keen on what we were seeing from Reeves last year, but I'm just a bit worried that, you know, maybe he's not quite there, which is why I wanted to look into Mad Max Lynch. Now, Lynch played seven VFL games, averaged 13 touches, three tackles, 32 hitouts, and 91 fantasy points. Um, he also had three tons, and his lowest score in the VFL last year was 70. Uh, so Lynch got the opportunity for two AFL games last year, uh, averaged 11 touches, 21 hitouts, and 61 fantasy points. But he did play um, against the D's and the Crows, who we know have Gorn and O'Brien, yep. and that was when Grundy was out. So he was actually coming up against some genuine opposition. So I reckon at the moment, if you put a gun to my head, I reckon I've got Maxi Lynch ahead of Reeves. Um, Look, Reeves definitely showed us a bit last year, but for me, Lynch just has that little bit more well-rounded game. And uh, from a fantasy point of view, I think he just is a bit better move, a bit more nimble around the ground. So I reckon I like him to be the guy playing in tandem with Big Boy this year. I don't know. I really don't know. Like, if if Lynch was any good, wouldn't he be back up to Grundy? Because Darcy Cameron played so much footy. Like... Mm. I don't know if he like Reeves is oh, Reeves was actually I thought was pretty quite solid. Like he was obviously rucking in tandem quite the time. The guy's two hundred and eleven centimeters. Like I don't see hitouts being a problem for him coming forward. He's the biggest player in the AFL. Mm. So he should be fine to win those. It's more so just kind of getting consistent time as the number one ruck, I think. Um you know, everyone's everyone's comparing him to Sanderlands because he's so big mm. and he's gonna be the next guy. Like the guys like that are gonna win like, you know, get to points if they're the number one ruck where they're just gonna win fifty hitouts a game because they're so huge. Mm. Um yeah, I don't know. I, I, I don't know what happens. I think long-term, Reeves is definitely the one I want the piece of, though. But um, I don't know what happens this year. Like, I really don't know what happens this year. It could be either or. I, I reckon because Hawthorne are a developing side, and the way I'm seeing this is Hawthorne are developing side, so they have Reeves number one ruck with um, Big Boy as the chop out because he's been playing forward the last couple of seasons. Mm-hmm. Last year, they had Segler kind of as their number one ruck for most of the season. Like, they kind of swapped between... They kind of swapped between um, Reeves and Segler for most of the year, really. Um, and then McAvoy played. And when McAvoy was by himself, he'd be the number one ruck. But when there was someone else playing with him, he'd generally be the second ruck on top of that. So I think they just where they're at in their development, I think they're going to play Reeves. And because Segler's gone, they've just got Lynch to kind of be the backup ruckman for that. That's my take. Interesting. I hope yeah. they do something sweet like a tug of war or something to see who gets the final spot. <laughs> Two-man sack race. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or just like a 100-game rock, paper, scissors. First something like 51. that. Yeah, for sure. Uh, but it's interesting to watch. So I'm, I'm a big watch on them uh, pre-season because I think they're both going to be quite good ruckmen in their own right. Um, but yeah, just how it kind of plays out, I'm, I'm still a bit... Happy to avoid um, Hawthorne Rocks this year yep. again. No worries. Um, Jack Gunston, Hef. Now, disregard him at your own costs. Now, okay. this is a little... Get this ready for a snippet for Facebook and Instagram. Get your reels. You keep telling me I need to get some real worthy uh, stuff here. <laughs> yeah, so come on, give us some real worthy stuff. Press record. Radio. So, Jackie Gunston, bulging disc last year, which honestly sounds horrible. Now, he played one game for 31 points. Uh, so... 
bad back before that. He had a bad back before that round seven game, basically went in, injured again, went for more surgery. Now, if he's fit, I reckon he could be the draft sleeper of the year, Jack Gunston. Uh, so looking back on his previous season averages, he averaged 85, 87, and 76, and 76 in the Corona Bowl year. Now, he's only 30. He's a 30 to 40 goal a year forward. He's easily still best 22 on the Hawks side. Now, he may very well slide in a lot of drafts and someone's going to get themselves an F3 for an absolute bargain for a price of a packet of chips. Jack Gunston is the man you need to be targeting in your keeper legs this year. Haven't been following him this offseason too closely. How's the injury status going? Uh, I think it's slowly. Yeah. I think it's slowly, but I think... Look, if you're looking at those numbers, 80, so even if you go on 76 as being um, his worst averaging, you know, side, what was it? Bloody, um, our boy Dylan Moore averaged, what, 17 was a top 50. So yeah. he's going to be pushing top 30 yeah, yeah, if no. he's fit. I got no doubt if he plays, he's an 80 average man. Easy. Like oh, around that kind of mark, you know, 78, 79, that kind of average, which is how oh, you take that um, in a keeper leg. It's just a matter of how long he stays on the park. And then like, it's not even just about getting back to the playing it's how getting used to AFL level again getting fit all that sort of stuff it can get just get, be so frustrating just waiting for him to come good mm. yeah like I think if he's fit and firing um, he's a man you want to have in your team but, but I just don't know if he gets there that's is all is he a guy who's just going to be you know in our league like people are going to be like oh, I'm not going to draft Gunston because he's injured and he's old yeah. but really he's only 30 and yes he's had a bit of a bad back but like he's one who could bounce back and I just reckon he's going to slide a lot because people yeah. will be like oh, old he's hacked it. He's, he's, he's gone past his he'll, by date. he'll slide and get taken by a premiership contender mm-hmm. I think that's what will happen with him and he'll probably be serviceable if he can get in the park an yeah. astute pick for those fantasy coaches yeah. in my eyes uh, Tommy Phillips is what I'm going to talk about next now the big question is are fantasy coaches going to forgive Flipper uh, he had a coach killing 73 average last year and basically every pundit, including us, Hef, we expected big things Absolutely. from the centre forward DPP. Look, he only had one ton for the year last year, which was 104 against his That's old side. That's disgusting. I thought, yeah. oh, I thought he did one, better than that. One ton, 104 against the Pies just Ugh. to stick it up. His old him, club. You know? yeah. yeah. But- 2018, 2019, he averaged 95 and 90 respectively and went at 26 and 26 touches. Now, last year, he only averaged 18.5. Now, looking through his stats, he actually did most things pretty similar. Like his tackle numbers were the same. His marks numbers were the same. His scoreboard pressure was very similar. He just wasn't getting those extra five or seven touches. Now, I think he's very much worth a look um, to pick up because new coach, we know anything can happen when there's a new coach. He's coming there on some big coin. The wing role for him, in my eyes, is locked. Like, I think it's going to be Phillips and Day. So, I'm not actually concerned about his spot on the side. Um, and many coaches are going to disrespect him, disregard him after losing that DPP status. But realistically, the addition of forward status last year was probably a bit generous. Like, he's always been, he was always kind of a wingman at the pies. Yeah. And it was just like, oh, man, Phillips has got forward status. Let's get on board. But he was really always a winger. Like, he probably just came into a less yeah, fantasy-friendly yeah. side. So, look, I reckon he may even be able to avoid that poor average um, this year. I, I just generally think there's upside. So, second year in the new club, a bit more settled, um, new coach, opportunities are endless. I... He's probably not a keeper, but I reckon he's worth looking at early on in the draft because he could be bouncing back from, you know, a 73 to a 93 without too much effort. I think there is some safety going these kind of, you know, older players or more established players. But the thing I worry about is like there's a lot of these players coming through that's at Hawthorne that seem to be 
Sam Mitchell's boys, mm-hmm. like players that he's brought up through the VFL because he's a VFL coach that he absolutely Dylan loves. Moore. Yeah, <laughs> and there was um and and like so then you look at someone like Lockie Bramble who spent a bit of time with him last year and came in and made a huge impact at the top level. Um, mainly when people were injured, and he was kind of running out of the back line. But before he was playing in the back line, he was on the wing. You got Will Day coming back, who was you know kind of unfit. You, you got someone like Downey who might come in at some stage. Even though I've heard nothing about him this preseason. Mm-hmm. Um, like I do worry that if he doesn't perform, Impy. that uh, yeah, Impy's somebody who could go, push up to a wing. Um, I just worry that if he doesn't perform early, they're just going to go, see you later. You're costing us too much coin. You're, you're costing a kid a spot. And that's what I worry about. I think there's a lot more upside than downside with Phillips. I think so. Because I think yeah, he's going yeah, so to be so undervalued. Yeah. He just needs to get back to... Well, mm. the thing is like, he's never been... I guess footy-wise, he's been fine. Mm. Fantasy-wise, he's had like a... Even as like a mid-only that year, he was like an 80 average. And then everyone thought he was going to go big mm. like last year and because he had forward status. Everyone got excited because exactly. he was supposed to be playing exactly. midfielder. But so is, is he is he going to be that relevant? Like, is he just going to be like a 75, 80 average mid? No, Which I is handy. He, I think he'd be a bit more. Okay. I just yeah. think you're going to get some value. That's All my right. that's my feel. Yeah. I'm just worried that like they'll go full rebuild or full develop the kids and he'll be the first one out. That's my he's issue. He's still not that old, I don't think. I know, I know. But it's like he's just not performing. Like then, like the kids will just kind of come up and overtake him. That's all I'm worried about. Mm, not sure. Yeah. Interesting. There's going to be a lot to watch with Sam Mitchell at the helm. Now, I want to talk about- This is a bit You, know, you can't normal. talk about this many players, Case. I can. Because we talked about this on the Defenders pod oh, for our You're talking our about a whole line here. I am. Because <laughs> I, think, I think people need to get in the head that- Hawthorne defenders are genuinely a nightmare this year. Now, absolutely, because um, you go, oh man, there's so many good scores. You got like CJ, you got Sicily, you got Impey, you got Scrimshaw, you got Hardwick. They can't all fit in. They can't all score. So I just want to kind of run through um, what I think is going to happen with the Hawthorne backline this year. Now, first I'll start off with uh, CJ. So Jyath, he has to be an attacking defender because he's a horrible defender. Defender, if that makes sense. He when he had to actually defend properly last year, just wasn't that good at it. But his run and drive for that Hawthorne backline was amazing for them. So I think he's going to continue his scoring along quite nicely. Now, James Sicily is the big one, and I was pretty low on him in our defender ranks. I think he has to play lockdown this year because they need uh, CJ on that side and they need him running, creating. I think Sicily might kind of build himself into like a Stephen May kind of player who's still an okay fantasy scorer, but just a genuine, genuine, genuine general back there I think just uh, someone who can play you know come in and intercept Monk still take some kickouts etc but he'll play that bit more of a lockdown role Jarman Imp will be back there he'll be that attacking running uh, defender he was fantastic when he was fit last year I think Jack Scrimshaw kind of remains solid scoring off a half-back flank there uh, Blake Hardwick's the one who I think is going to go lockdown and he's going to become a bit more fantasy relevant he got the, that kind of bump last year because you know um, Impey um, Scrimshaw all those guys kind of were injured at times he did have a lot of the kicking as well, though. he did, and I think he'll still get some kick-ins. But I think Sicily, uh, honestly, any of those guys could take kick-ins. Yeah, that's like what I was. That's Sicily, one of the MP, I was ask, Scrimshaw, yeah. Hardwick, you know, and or you could even have Will Day come back there and take some kick-ins. It's it's impossible. But they've also got to play some actual lockdown defenders. You can't just have you know um, CJ, MP, Scrimshaw running off doing their own thing. You got to have some lockdowns. So I think Jack, uh, sorry, Sam Frost is in there to do that over Hardigan. I think Hardigan's kind of more backup, but. Um, which means bad news for someone like a, a Lockie Bramble. I just don't think his best 22 
um, from round one. I think he's around the mark, but look, for me, who would you rather have, like Bramble or Impey or Bramble or Jarth? I think you're always going to go with like a Jarth or an Impey. Bramble can go up to a wing though. That's the thing. Like he doesn't have to play in the It's true, but line, you've so. only got so many spots on a wing as well. Yeah, that's why, that's why like, my, my Phillips take was like, yeah, I think they'll start with Phillips for sure. It could, it could see Bramble out or they could just start him on a bench and rotate him through because then you can kind of go into a couple roles as well, which might free up Sicily to go forward because there was talk of that as well. Um, yeah, lots of- yeah, It's interesting because you got Kaczynski and what Mitch Lewis up there who are, you know, kind of building youngsters. You still yeah. got like Granger, Barras or whatever who could come yeah. back. There's a lot of but guys in the who day, can play like defense. Sicily almost was like that third tall anyway because they had, who'd they have? Like Buddy Franklin, obviously, earlier on. Then they had like David Hale mm-hmm. um, and McAvoy rotate up there as well. He could, so. he could, the Hawks are a massive watch. I'm just saying oh, if I'm a Hawks defender owner, I'm not getting too excited about anyone having a huge year because there's a lot of good attacking options and they can't all get the pill. All right. So uh, that's your take. Now mm-hmm. I'm going to talk about a player that's intrigued me. I was a bit, I was a bit sad when you left this guy out. So I wanted to talk about him because there's been a lot of chatter on him on the uh, on a lot of the fantasy podcasts, these socials, and then a lot on the Twitter as well. Why are you and listening that's... to any other podcast? <laughs> I like to just support the community, mate. Uh, I like to hear what everyone's going on. I like to just hear my name mentioned on the others. But yeah, no, nah, I was kidding. <laughs> but anyway, uh, that's why you called Hollywood. Hollywood. Uh, anyway. Uh, Connor Nash is the guy I want to talk about, all right? So, he only averaged 61 last year. So, it's so easy for people to overlook him. And he played seven games as well. But in the first two games, he only scored 24 apiece. So, pretty poor scoring. But the big thing about Connor Nash is round 20, it was just like, you're a midfielder now. And just went to the center bounces and, you know, got, what was it? No, 50% of them, 40% of them, 47%, 52%, 50%, and then 39% uh, over the last uh Four rounds. So when he when he moved into that midfield, so when he played as a midfielder, he averaged seventy nine point five, and kind of was running around in there like he was just a man possessed, just tackling, just trying to get the pillars he could. Like he was absolutely nuts in there, and just putting up decent fantasy scores doing so. So his fantasy scores he had in there were ninety five, ninety two, thirty three, and ninety eight, and then. People have been saying, like, oh, new coach, so you can't trust it. It's hard. Sam Mitchell was the reason why he went into the midfield, like, because he was just talking him up at VFL level, um, using him in the, as a midfielder in the VFL, and basically just knocking on Clarko's shoulder, basically saying, you've got to put this guy in the guts because he's killing it down here. Um, in the VFL, he just yeah, had a couple of big scores, nothing major, but, like, he only played a few rounds in the midfield in the VFL before COVID kind of screwed everything up and moved up, uh, and he moved up into the senior side. So we just got to hope that holds for 2022. The thing is, like, can you guarantee it? And absolutely not, especially with a fully fit side. Um, mm-hmm. You've got, uh, is it Connor McDonald, the mm-hmm. draftee coming in and the other one, um, Ward. Ward was coming in. Yep. And I reckon they'll blood them as well. So that makes it super, super difficult. But listed as a forward, he's one of those players that's just worth a punt, I think. Just worth a punt. So, Mike, honestly, it's Hawthorne's so hard. So you, everyone keeps going, you know, where do you fit in these kind of guys? I'll read through my best 22 for Hawthorne just to give you some. And you can tell me- I if, knew you'd sneak a best no, 22 but in if you can, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you tell me who someone like, uh, you know, what's his name? Who are we talking about? Connor Nash. <laughs> Connor Nash is going to play over. Sorry, he's not even my best 26. All right. Yeah. So, Hardwick, Frost, Impey. Yeah. Jarth, Sicily, Scrimshaw. <laughs> Phillips, Mitchell, Day. Gunston, Lewis, Bruce. Wingard, Kaczynski, Moore. McAvoy, Warple, O'Meara. Then you got Shields, maybe Hardigan as a second defender. Dan Howe. Max Lynch is a second ruck. Then in the emergencies, you've got Bramble, Morrison, Ward, McDonald. You know, like, I just don't think they fit in. There's a, quite a few, like, aging players that they could go back. Like, someone like Shields. Like, Do you reckon is, they're going to just dump Shields? Just potentially, man. Like, they could just actually start, like, using up. the backup. But potentially. Like, yeah. Cause, I like, think you've got to try and win games, though. I actually. 
Everyone, I think, wants, everyone wants to write Hawthorne off this year. I actually don't think they're going to be that crap. But the thing is, I don't think they're reliant, too reliant on older players in that side. They've actually got like a, a genuine kind of good like 25 to 27, like a few in there. You got, you know, Wingard, Mitchell and Warple's now entering his fifth year and stuff like that. So the midfield's actually quite good. Sicily's not old. Like they're not that old as you think. I think they might try to use those players as their core and actually yeah, try to Nash get some Nash isn't going to knock through. off like, you know, O'Meara or someone like that for a spot. Well, no, but he was just rotated through there last year. So Dan, like, he was, Dan Howe's come off a career best year at 25. Yeah. You know, like... And he's another one playing on the wing that we should be talking about with Phillips. But, you know, yeah. but it's, you can throw in ha- Morrison. You can throw in, you know, Bramble. You can throw in a, heaps of other guys. Just last at the end of last year, those last five games, and those players come back, but he earned that spot. Like, he was playing really well. So, yeah, it's just going to be interesting. And, and listed as a forward, I think. That's the only reason I'm actually piquing my interest. If he's a midfielder, I wouldn't give a shit. Mm. But, yeah, listed as a forward, um, that's the biggie with him. So, yeah, anyway. And then... Uh, yeah, Jaden O'Brien's asked in the chat, is Connor Nash 20, best 22? I don't think Answer so. Answer for me is, I don't know. Um, no. I think, yes. I think you've got to reward the form on the end of last year. But like, again, with the a fully best, fit side. The best side, yeah. he's not in yeah, best yeah. side. It depends on injuries and stuff He's like probably that in too. their side week to week because there's always going to be a few guys injured. Yeah. Be just, yeah, be nice if you could hold a spot and run through the middle again. Anyways, that'll do it for the Hawthorne players. We'll move on to Melbourne. All right, uh, Case, how do you want to do this? We got Dossie's notes here, so he was a laid out this morning, and he's actually formatted them very reader-friendly. They're actually designed for people who didn't write them and haven't read them yet, so... <laughs> I should take a leaf out of his book yeah, next time. that's all right. No, you'd love your play, mate. It's fine. Uh, uh, right, yeah, I'm going to talk about this guy because I love him. I'm an owner. I'm huge on him. It's Luke Jackson. So, he averaged 62 last year from just 75% time on ground. The big question is, will he get more opportunity to be a ruckman in year three? Now, Dossie thinks so, and he's going to say why. So, he reckons in his second season, his improvement was just eye-popping. Uh, has the ability to cover the ground and play like a midfielder, uh, particularly uh, particularly notable uh, in his follow-up tackling. Um let us know that there are several higher levels for Jackson to reach until he truly hits his game. Now, I'm pretty keen on that kind of call because I do agree. I love Luke Jackson hunting ground ball. Uh, he just runs like a midfielder, as Dossie said. But yeah, he's he's just he could be a midfielder. He's a genuine the old school ruck rover where the you know the real kind of tall blokes used to just kind of pinch it in the ruck. And Jackson's got that ability. Um, Tim English exploded in his third year. Um, Jackson's entering the magical third year breakout too. But look. Obviously, there's the Gorn factor there. So, um, you know, English had that role um, as basically the the number one ruckman, but Jackson won't have that. No, I think you're going to have to prepare for his ups and downs, um, as Dossie's saying. So, I think Jackson will get thrown forward, but um, he's also going to get plenty of opportunity in the CBAs this year. So, um, he'll get some major number one ruck action at times uh, in some blowout games, but when it's really tight and when Melbourne need to win, uh, it's going to be Max's Max Gorn's time to shine um, in that midfield. So, He's tipping him to be a F3 to F4, and I totally agree. I'm excited to be a, a Luke Jackson owner. Now, if we did a little um, uh, mock draft with the, the traders uh, yesterday- Are we allowed to announce that? I don't know. <laughs> anyway, not exclusive anymore. We did it. Maybe. maybe <laughs> it maybe did. happened. Anyway, I managed to get Max Gorn in the second round, yeah. um, and you poo-hooed my call Didn't because it. Didn't you said it. that he's not going to be number one ruck. No, I didn't say not number one ruck. I think he still is. I think he's just going to get less time in there. Like, I do see a world, I'm not sure if it's this year or next year, where Max Gorn is 
no longer a 100-plus averager. He's a 90 to 100 averager because Jackson's kind of up and coming. Like, we saw how effective Jackson was in the final series. Like, mm. And then how effective actually Gorn could actually play out forward as well. And even though he went massive when he played out forward because he kicked, what, four goals mm. in that. Was it a prelim that he yep. did that? Yeah. yeah. So, like, we saw it effective. That scares me. Like, we saw Gorn be effective up forward and Jackson absolutely brain it in the middle. So, we could even see, like, a, a 50-50 split. And that's just what spooks me. Like, I don't, I don't, like, yeah, that's why I avoided it. Like, I saw Gorn there and I was like, yeah, that's a value pick. But, yeah, that's just what spooked me where I, I went led, where I, I was someone else, I've come to, we're going to average 100, and, you know, 105, 110 type thing. So, yeah, I don't know. Like, that's just what spooks me because Jackson was just so good in there. Yes, he was. I just think that Melbourne's window is open genuinely for another two or three years and you're not just going to give Jackson a go because he's up and coming and he's the next big thing. Like, you're still going to play your best side. That's my gut feel. And Max Gorn's still one of the best tap ruckmen in the competition. Like, but I think we saw in the finals that their best setup was basically them playing tandem ruck. And they can. But yeah. I still don't think you're going to see Luke Jackson score 90 this year. Yeah, I'm actually talking about Gorn more than okay. talking about yeah, Jackson, to sure. be honest. <laughs> going back to your point. No, I agree. I agree with that. Um, I don't think Luke Jackson is going to be massive. I'm just, I just, I reckon he's going to slowly come up and Gorn's going to slowly come down. But as I think a that's basically As a ruck forward, he's a great option. Yeah, I love it. I love great it. Great option. And I reckon he'll keep it, to be honest. Yep. Uh, as long as they're playing in tandem, he'll, yep. he'll, stay, he'll keep it. So Could Max Gorn be a ruck forward? Yeah, I reckon he could too. Yeah, so that could be handy as well. Juicy. Yeah. Uh, I'll do Cozzy Pickett next, or because I pick it as his full name is. Um, Dossie's got written here, gun player, but gun fantasy player. I'm trying to read it like Dossie would. Uh, he's a small forward, so it'll be tough. Dossie hates drafting small forwards, so do I, Dossie. Um, but Pickett has the tools and a scoring build to be relevant. Uh Pickett possesses that mow-down speed and picture-perfect tackling technique, reminiscent of the havoc that prime Cyril Rioli would cause whenever he was 20 metres of the Sharon. Uh, Pickett can hit the scoreboard and can lay a tackle, two great attributes for a small forward that can actually score for us and add to that, he can get CBAs. So, Cozzy averaged 16% attendance rate from rounds one to six before dropping down to 4% for the remainder of the season. So, that was including finals as well. So, expect Pickett to gain more CBA exposure at times in 2022, even if it's just a spattering like here and there. And he's only 20 years old, so this guy's a genuine superstar in the making. Uh, Dossie doesn't think his ceiling will ever be huge because he plays that like small forward role, but his tackling upside alone has me excited. And as a rare small forward, he'd be happy to draft. What do you think? I'm big on Cozzy Pickett. Yeah. I think um, he's got that extra level. I reckon he can genuinely roll through that Demons midfield at times. Kind of the goey style what we saw just or even stringer style just get some cbas because he's a fantastic extractor of the footy so um you know there's a few kind of small forwards who i'd be happy to have in my side and he's one of them i don't see him as like stringer to go because those guys are a lot bigger built like he's pretty slight type Ooh, thing let's just like, i want to see of, some sizes in terms of weight is more my okay issue. yeah that's fair like yeah that's like you need you need the body to actually kind of do what they do um i just looking here so I like doing this with small forwards and I, champion data like doesn't actually rank small forward and key forward. It's more medium forward and that's why everyone's ranked it. So you're either a key forward or a medium forward. But even with the medium forwards, like the best one last year in average was 84.8 and that was Jaden Stevenson and then Toby Green. So these guys, these guys are running like through the midfield as well. 
I wouldn't really class them as small forwards. I'm actually trying to go through a list here and find someone you genuinely class as a small forward. Just one second. Because yeah. he pick gets 171 centimetres. That's small. That's so small. Yeah. So That's, I'm 178 so and I'm So he's not, not the goalie or stringer no. type. <laughs> retract that. I officially retract that, but still I love him. So I'm actually just going through this. Like genuine small forwards, the best one. Would you call Robbie Gray a genuine small forward? Or was he midfield forward? I'd say he's midfield forward. Yeah, what about know. Jamie Cripps? Was he small forward or is he medium forward? He just says medium forward. Yeah, okay. What about Dylan Moore? Small forward? Small forward. So he was probably the best small forward. Told you. you average. Did, you, you gave me no respect. No, I didn't. I said I just F5, fine. Um, average 70. So, yeah, like I just like, I know these aren't hard and fast things. You do get a few outliers and that, but I like looking at trends and things like this. So that's why, you know, my key forward, I don't like because, yes, you might get one that pops, but they're few and far between. You're it's the guy very, that very always hard. drafts Charlie Cameron. Yeah, no, but okay, I'll explain <laughs> that. And I, I like Cosy for this reason, actually. I draft him as streamers. Like, right. I just sit him on the bench. If they kick five, pop him on. That's, and because, like, Cosy is a pit player that can do that, like, can kick a bag and things like that. They're only going to be relevant when they kick a bag. That's the thing. So, I do draft these kind of guys, but I draft them really late. And just for that reason, that's all. Okay. Yeah. That's why I like Cosy Pickett for that, for sure. Uh, the next guy is Jake Bowie. Now, uh, before we came on, Dos gave us a full description of how yeah. to pronounce it's, Bowie. It's Bowie, isn't it? No. <laughs> no I don't I'm just trying is. to piss Dos off. <laughs> I was trying to figure it out. And <laughs> no, it's Bowie. It's Bowie. Kind of I've tried to write it, but I I've just, actually- I I've just realized the hilarity of that because you actually thought you said the player name wrong because you do it so frequently, yeah. but I was actually making a joke. <laughs> uh, so, I'm going to call him Bowie the hey, Yowie. Mate, we've just got a reel. Well done. Bowie the Yowie because <laughs> that's how it said- Remember Yowies? <laughs> yep. That was sick. Yeah. Uh, Kenny's anyway, surprised better. He, anyway. Yeah, well, you can't beat Ken the Chocolate. Uh, Jake Bowie is on Dossie's bus. He reckons he's a stud. So, this is a huge call. I think this has gone way too early. But uh, look, I'll read what he says. Uh, premium ball user that can rack it up and Goodwood wants the ball in his hands. So, 176, so five centimetres taller than Cozzy Pickett. He's a wee little tucker, but tenacious at the pill and willing to crash on in. Uh, played mids as a junior, has elite disposal and We'll see him in the back line more and more in 2022. So, average just 54 AFL fantasy points from his four games in his rookie season. Uh, Bowie has plenty of upside in 2022. In seven healthy games in the VFL, uh, he averaged 93 AFL fantasy points. He had a, a 10-point game in an injury-affected round five. But in those numbers, he had 105, 115, and a 90 uh, in his final three games before getting the call-up to the D's side. So, Dossie sees him taking Jaden Hunt's spot in the side immediately. Um Bowie was no slouch in the grand final either. Picked up 17 touches, including seven in the hotly contested first quarter um, on the biggest stage in September. So he's only 19 and there are plenty of mouths to feed in that Demons backline, including the next player we're going to talk about. But Jake, hashtag my boy Bowie, is incredibly high on the young defender gun power rankings. He's making up power rankings. Fair enough. I feel dumb saying all this stuff. Not, the, not because like, <laughs> not because um, it's necessarily silly. It's just because this is how Dos talks and I talk differently. But okay. uh, look, he reckons he's going to explode and also has observable thirst. But that's a myth. We all know that. You didn't read the last line down here, Kate. Get the Insta ready and put up the stream banner. Okay, ready? <laughs> yep. Jake Bowie is my manscaped bald scrot goat. <laughs> So for the we've spent the last week trying to um, replace the remedy gut feel with a uh, manscaped um, themed pun and yeah smooth ball call and 
bald, bald scrote goat is uh, the best we can come up with. So if you guys have any good suggestions, we might make that a bit of a Twitter topic this week. If you've got any um, good manscape slash ball related puns that we could use to describe, like to replace the remedy gut feel, um, yeah, let us know. Uh, that'd be good. Um, God. Bowie, Bowie, Bowie. I didn't know his VFL numbers were that good. Yeah, pretty good. Um, Very good. But the, the, the concern that I have, and he's already said it, is just the mouths to feed. And throughout the, they're all so young, so throughout mm. this, the, the, the career, yep. there's going to be a lot there to feed. So I don't hate it. No. But the guy yeah. that you're going to talk about next is the guy I'm so keen on. Yeah, so oh, Trent Rivers is the next one. So he's another gun uh, D's defender. Um, Dossie loves looking at the time on ground as a great indicator of breakout upside. Um, it's simple. More time on ground means more opportunity to score. Uh, Trent Rivers averaged 59 AFL fantasy points in just 70% time on ground in 2021. Um, 9% lower than his rookie season and a mark considerably lower than most defenders in the competition. Uh, playing all 22 games in his sophomore season, including every game in the finals, the 20-year-old West Australian is a prime candidate for the famed third-year breakout. So get your uh, pen ready here, Kay. So yep. high kick-to-ball handball ratio. Take that one off. Yeah. Yep. Uh, mix of contested and uncontested possessions. Tick. And third in line for kick-ins. Tick. Don't uh, you want him more high up? What's that? Surely you want him more high up than third in line. Well, he's, I think he's probably just saying from on last year's number. Who's higher? May? S- yeah, May Salem. Salem probably. probably. Yeah. Um, only issue is uh, competition for touches, especially with the emergence of Bowie. Um, monitor him in the preseason because he is a genuine chance to break out. And he's just got a little note here. These two players, Bowie and Rivers, are why I'm less high on Salem as a premium dude in the next five years. Uh, both users... Um, and will are both awesome users, sorry, and will demand the pill more in the coming years. Once again, I think Dossie's just getting a little bit too excited. You're a big Salem man, though, so that just offends I'm a big you. Salem man. No, but it's just <laughs> it's it's basically the same. Um, I am, but it's the same problem with like saying that Jackson's going to be breaking out this year. Like Melbourne mm. aren't going to just be like, hey, Bowie and you know Rivers, you can just run the back line now. Like, yeah. no, they want to win three more flags for their poor supporters who haven't had one for fifty years. Like, they're not yeah. just going to go to youth because they've flagged up like it's just you know like dynasties are there and Salem's still like 25 26 like I don't know we, I understand what he's saying, but he's just wrong. I find we just can end up defending our premiums here over these kind of picks <laughs> yeah. at the moment. But, uh, well, Rivers, like, so what do you think? Do you think he's got the makings of a star? I do, but I still think – I think he's a slow grower. Yeah, same. Like, I don't, I don't expect him to be breaking out this year. I reckon he's a fourth or fifth year kind yeah. of breakout when the timing's right. Yeah. I do like the time – like, so I don't necessarily agree always with time on ground. Like, not not the same. Like, it's obvious that more time on ground generally equates to more fantasy scoring. It's not always obvious that they're going to get more time on ground because they might just not have the tank to get that time on ground. But I think as a running defender, like, most of those running defenders play high time on ground. So, like, if he's, if he's not – on the, if he's only like, if he's only playing low time on ground due to rotations and things like that, that's fine. I don't think it's a tank issue at all, so I think that's fine. Um, but yeah, I think it's more that there's just too many kind of players to rotate um, through the on their field. That's the only issue. Mm-hmm. So I'm not concerned about this one. I do think there's more time on ground upside for Trent Rivers. Um, I think he played super low in the grand final as well, so that was kind of interesting as well, mm-hmm. especially in the game. So anyway, um, yeah, let's move on. Uh, James Jordan's the next guy he's got on his list. The surprise packet of 2021, he's calling it. Uh, popular play in both the draft and classic circles as he took up a prominent role in Melbourne's premiership campaign. Uh, Jordan averaged 17 
17 touches, three marks, five tackles, and 70 AFL fantasy points in just 65% time on ground uh, from his 21 games in the regular season. Uh, just 21 years old, Jimbo George had an outstanding points per minute numbers across the season, proving himself to be a fantasy-friendly option with the inside-outside capacity. However, in it's tough to see a world where Jordan gets more opportunities in 2022. Uh, given the arrival of another capable inside midfielder in Luke Dunstan, frankly, he reckons Jordan may not play in 2022. Uh, he was relegated to the sub for round 23 in the finals campaign. Uh, Sparry went up the pecking order and now Dunstan has arrived. Jordan's best chance short term could be as a health and safety protocol call up. We'll still have capacity to go big on any given day. But longer term, Jordan will have to, will have to clean up his disposal as he just went at 50% by foot last season and passed the likes of Dunstan, Sparrow and Harms to get another shot at being a fantasy stud in the future. Uh, I hear your point, Doss, but I actually really disagree. You are, you are saying Dunstan's not going to play at all this year. I don't actually think Luke Dunstan is going to get a game. I think if you've got kids playing, there's opportunities for him to get a game, I think. What's Luke Dunstan ever really done well? Uh, like from apart from score, last really year, well fantasy wise. Last year, in terms of just actual football, like he was a bit of an enforcer last year for the St Kilda. Like he was just one of Melbourne the kind of hard at it guys. I know they don't, but that's, it's the style they like to play. I think like they've got two, three blokes in there that kind of do that well, and I think if they're just rampaging blokes in there, it could suit them pretty well. I don't know. I don't actually see a world where James Jordan's Let's not flip best twenty two. Let's flip it. What does James Jordan do that Luke Dunstan doesn't? Uh, he's got a premiership medal around his neck. <laughs> so automatically play for the rest of your life. Is that right? Well, he's sure. <laughs> if he doesn't do something good, he would have got dropped last year for Nathan Jones. Yeah, I disagree because Jones was just cooked. And Jones didn't even, Jones went back home in the end for the birth of his children. So, But like, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like there's still enough, there was still enough quality players on Melbourne's list to, for James Jordan to be dropped. I don't. I disagree. I think the best twenty-two was on the field at the time. But I think with Dunstan comes in, he can replace it, and he just adds like an extra no, I'm not extra sure. element. I think I, Dunstan's I'm not, a trap. I'm not hundred percent certain he's going to be best twenty-two come round one. But I think he does play a few games. Like I don't think he goes there unless he's confident he's going to play a lot of games. Like that's just the way I look you at it. Say that, but players go to clubs for silly reasons. Well, they go for big money. That, yeah. That's the other reason, or the best contract they're being offered. Yeah. Essentially, it's like look at someone like Proust to Melbourne type yeah, thing. Correct. Like that's stupid. Yes. But I don't think it's that at all. Like. He was talked. There was talk of him on the outer, and I don't think even he was out of the best twenty-two at St Kilda purely because he wasn't good enough. Because St Kilda rubbish. I think it was more with off-field things, and I don't think he got on with people and stuff like that. Like, I'm just happy yeah. to back in James Jordan over. over Long term, you want James Jordan. Mm-hmm. Anyway, yeah, uh, yeah, hundred yeah. percent. Yeah. I'm, I'm high on James Jordan. Yeah, much higher than Luke Dunstan. All right, while we're talking about Luke Dunstan, we'll uh, talk about another player he could uh, have an impact on uh, down here. But uh, look, we'll talk about Tom Sparrow. So. A forward eligible player that generally plays in the guts. In most circumstances, you say, yes, please. So, playing 13 games in the regular season, Tom Sparrow averaged 50 AFL fantasy points in a minuscule 57% time on ground. Uh, Finishing the season as the fifth inside midfielder by average CBA percentage behind Oliver, Petrarca, Varney and Harms. Uh, In 90% attendance rate, he picked up significantly at the tall tail end of the season, um, recording an average of 42%. So that was um, plus 23% from round 20 um, to the grand final. So he boosted that towards the end of the season. So that's something that that, uh, yeah, we like to see, um, you know, come towards the end of the year. Um, also, a quality score in the VFL. Sparrow averaged 92 AFL fantasy points in his five games in reserves last season. Uh, his score of 128 shows us he has a fantasy ceiling. And then uh, when he's given that prominent role, he can actually go pretty big. But the issue is bloody Luke Dunstan 
again. So, the question for us to debate was um, how much impact does Dunstan have on these guys? And I think we already did that, but... Um, yeah, we think we've already talked about that. But what do you reckon? I don't think I don't think Sparrow is as affected because he can go forward as well a bit more. I think Jordan played a few games in defence last year, didn't he? As well? I love Tom Sparrow as well. Yeah, so do I. I, I owned him a couple of years ago. I was pretty high on him, and I think he was a good junior fantasy scorer as he well. He was a very good junior yeah, fantasy scorer. So I have him in our um, podcasters league. Yeah, and it was basically so I always like to keep a couple of roughies or whatever. And uh, I thought it was going to be Caleb Porter. He lost his forward status, so Tom Sparrow gets the call up because he's got his forward status. Yeah, I think for me, Tom Sparrow is a free swing this year. Like he's in that um, could be anything um, as a forward. Why would not? Why not grab him? Yeah. Uh, once again, like. I'm still not that worried about Luke Dunstan. Just uh, before we move on to uh, North Melbourne, just a few things from the chat. So Jason Beck's um, actually come up with a, a, a saying for us. Um, so he's saying, if things get hairy, just manscape your whole team, uh, your whole keeper league team. So that's <laughs> that's good. That's a good one. Um, uh, Ad N in the chat said, um, yeah, Rivers does have a poor tank, uh, as confirmed by Max Gorn recently, so might not boost that time on ground um, numbers. And Harley Philp in the chat, Kays, is, um, he said he's mm. probably missed the Luke Jackson talk, um, but if Kays can just say how much he loves him again, then that'll make him happy. So I really love Luke Jackson. Okay, Apparently cool. he's got some new tats and he's looking pretty sick too. New tats? Yeah. Has he kept the mullet? Yeah, mullet and tats. Yeah, perfect. Yeah. All right, let's get on to everyone's favourite, North Melbourne. All right, on to the ruse. I seem to be taking all these teams that no one else wants to do, but that's the kind of man I am. I'm a heavy lifter for the, for the so podcast. So many great players at the ruse. <laughs> Jesus, this was hard work, man. <laughs> like, I went through it again. T- I wrote these notes like, because I'm like two weeks ahead because I've been on school holidays and I want to like get everything ahead before I actually get mm-hmm. to work. So I wrote these two weeks ago and I went through them again today. I was like, surely I've missed someone. Surely there's someone here to talk about. And I just... Nothing popped out, so feel free to chime in the chat if you think Shh. I've missed someone f- keep irrelevant. But mm-hmm. first player I'm going to talk about is Jed Anderson. So you go, you go for it. I'm just going to sit back and just listen. So in one way, owner's prayers have been answered because he's been given forward status. But now we've got to wait for our next prayer to be answered, and that's for him to get vaccinated. Uh, last I heard, it was still in Darwin and hasn't returned to uh, training just yet. Um, not really sure what's going on. Um, it looks like he missed the start of the season because he's missed a fair bit of training and conditioning too. Plus, he's got to get that jab. Um, if he was training, double vaxxed, triple vaxxed now, boosted. Um, and in Melbourne, you'd be all over this guy because he averaged 104 BCV in uh, 2020. Played every game too, which was a first ever for Jed because he is generally pretty injury prone. Um, missed round one last year through injury, but returned in round two and had a whopping 127 points in his first week back. And then the second week back, uh, he was on 60 halfway through the second quarter and then hurt his ankle. So he was out for two months, but showed he could put up you know six, more than 60 points and a half there. So he was on track for some big uh, fantasy numbers last year, but the injuries really hurt him. Then he played the last five games of the season coming back um, and averaged 74.2 from the last five and then 79 average for the season. So even as like, you know, with all the things happening as a forward, you'd take a 79 average for the season for sure. Um, Still managed like throughout when he came back, but the, Points per minute numbers were good. He went at 0.9 points per minute, so almost a point a minute there. Um, basically, if he plays midfield this year, he's lock and load. But realistically, like I don't even know if he plays because of the vaccine situation, but I just think there's so many mid-forward types at North Melbourne. 
I think they're all going to rotate. Like they're going to try to just get some of these kids hit through your Horn Francis's, and um, they'll try to get Phillips through there, and um, Powell as well. Like they'll try to run all these guys through the midfield, through the forward line. Greenwood can also go forward and mid as well. Like I think they're all going to play these similar roles, developing people and stuff like that. And yeah, just the fact that he's injury prone too. He's, you know, they only played one season over twenty games. He played seventeen. He played every game in the COVID year, but there was only seventeen games uh, there. I don't know. He looks good on paper. But I'm super wary. What do you think? Mm, he's 28 on Wednesday, so happy yeah. birthday, Jed. Um, high risk, high reward this year. Yeah, absolutely. Super. Uh, I, I tend to agree. Like, if he gets a good role, he's going to be he's going to be one of the best averaging forwards this year. But there, at the same time, there's a lot of unknowns. Yeah, a I just really hope he announces his vaccine situation before our keeper deadline. That would, be, that would be that would be great. One. <laughs> I'll keep a bloke and he just doesn't play for the year. That'd be the worst. That's very on brand for your side, Hef. <laughs> that was not not for my keepers. My keepers are generally quite good. Yeah, um, you just bomb the draft every year, oh, except for two years ago when I finished third when I was rebuilding. Jeez, that was a good year. Did you win? Uh, no, I got no, close though. Of course, got very close. So, you know, COVID didn't win. COVID year killed me. All my yeah. players got injured. Come finals, would have otherwise. Uh, with that young team, but anyway, let's stop talking about my team and uh, let's move on to the next player. So Tom Powell. So best score of the 2020 draft class, uh, 190 average in the San Flanders 18s. Started the season a little slowly last year. Had a purple patch between rounds four and seven, where he averaged 92.5 between uh, those rounds. Turned up once, had two scores in the 90s, and just seemed to be managed for the rest of the season. After that, um, didn't play after round 14. So showed a lot of promise last year when he was given midfield opportunities. Too. Um, played a bit up forward, uh, which resulted in DPP. Um, I see him playing the mid-forward rotation, as I mentioned before, again, and I see it for the next couple of seasons. So I think he's going to keep DPP for a while and because I just think they're going to rotate a lot of players through there and they'll, they'll play up secondary roles. Um, now, now, they'll do that just as like a development thing. So I think they'll be, he'll be okay to hold forward status for a, a couple of years, but I do see him as a natural midf- midfielder going forward. And in that case, you want to grab him in like when he's you know in that transition year when he kind of trans- transitions into a full-time midfielder, which might be a couple of years away. He's definitely one I'm keen on the future. I just don't know how he's going to go in the short term. But yeah, if you've got him, you've got to hold him because he should be a gun. Yeah, you're not listing Tom Power. Yeah. Uh, I actually don't see him being a forward next year. I think this is his kind of last- You go straight break. in there? I think he does. Um what we saw from him last year when he was hot was uh, very, very good for an 18-year-old. Yeah. So, I just think – yeah, is, I think it's time. Like, they've just got to pull the trigger and just go, all right, this is our core nucleus for going forward. And, and Yeah. That. I guess the upside is like – I guess you've got Cunnington who's um, out crook at the moment mm. and then you've got Jed Anderson who might not play. Mm. Hugh Greenwood comes in and replaces one of those. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Jai Simkin goes through there. There's just and then there's just a raft of kids that could go through there as well. Now your Horn Francis and yeah, LDU. Yeah. Like there's just so many. Like he's probably not going to be in that top three, the top three starters. Mm. So then he's going to be playing a secondary position. That's the way I see it. So yeah, he's a magnet. I think you just got to get him. You got to get him. Yeah, yeah you got to hold him. I yeah. reckon definitely potential. I'm just not sure how soon we see it. Just because yeah, there's going to be competition for spots at North Melbourne. Weirdly, but anyway. Uh, geez, this is how bad I'm going. Luke McDonald's a player I'm going to talk about. So what? I've got rest in peace <laughs> right next to him. Poor so this Luke. is more of a warning. Don't pick this guy. Um, he had the juiciest role in 2020. Just ran around and mopped up across halfback. It's a role that basically Zee will play at the start of last year. It's the role that Hall ended up playing at the end of last year. It's just the best role for fantasy. And honestly, thought he'd have it again last year, but got injured and lost it essentially. Um, average 90.6 uh, in the BCV in that 2020 year. Talked about, yeah, basically Z will stole it off him when he got injured, then Hall stole it off of him afterwards. Um, 
Played one game in round four last year, then got injured, done, done his pectoral, so he just basically didn't get a good run in. Um, put up a few decent scores playing on the wing, and when he came back, had uh, 80s um, and one score in the 90s there, but nothing on that 2020 year we saw, and that was purely role dependent, and he's not getting that back. Um, I do think he finds himself back on the wing at the moment, but there is talk of him going back on the halfback flank as well, but I think there's just too many mouths, if that is the case, for him to be actually fantasy relevant. Um I think if he plays on a wing, he might be capable of an 80, but like an 80 average midfielder, like, I don't know, who cares? Like, in maybe in our league when we play utilities where you've got to fill them up the last further three spots with your best available scorers that generally tend to be the lower, lower ranked mids. Um, yeah, but maybe cover M7. I don't know. Not really not really one I'm really looking at. Just putting out there, like, rest in peace, Luke McDonald. I think you had that good run in 2020, but if anyone thinks it's going to be coming back, it's it's not. So just look elsewhere. He was never a guy that really excited me in the first place. And then, you know, never he, has he, a player. he boomed and yeah. then everyone was so excited. And I actually called it. It wouldn't happen again last year. Yeah, but, no, but the thing is, like, you didn't, you didn't call that matter. wasn't a role. Yeah, like it was, it was wrong. Don't, <laughs> like don't ask how the Oracle comes yeah, yeah. about. He just comes You do about. it without analysing the game. You just go, ah, I think he's not going to be bad. It's all gut feel. <laughs> it's called- It's, uh, it's manscaped my, gut feel. My bald scrub. <laughs> it's your bald, bald call. I don't know. Your smooth ball call. That's yeah. what it is. Yeah, it just rolls off the tongue. Uh, anyway, move on to the next one. So, Will Phillips, while Kays uh, um, looks at his- uh, what do you call it? The performance package 4.0. There we go. Uh, Will Phillips uh, was one of the better midfielders out of the 2020 draft. Uh, averaged 77 in the NAB League uh, as a bottom ager. So obviously he would have gone bigger there um, and better in 2021. I'm uh, sorry, in 2020 if he were able to play. Um, but then, yeah, COVID killed that. So he ended up being a top three draft pick anyway. So that's how, how highly North Melbourne um, rated him. Uh, played his first game in round three and then played up until round eight. He didn't set the world on fire, but he is a natural inside midfielder and found himself playing up forward. So that was a role he was super unfamiliar with. And they talked about it that he had to actually kind of learn how to play this role. Um, so he returned uh, uh, well, after getting injured, went via the VFL, put up some big numbers there playing as an inside mid. Um, he had two scores of 114 there and then returned round 15 and played some more midfield time there. He just lifted that. So I think he averaged 30% of North Melbourne CBAs from round 15 onwards and he was only 15%, 15% sorry, earlier um, in the year, so when he played up until round eight. So Again, I just don't see a breakout because he's another one that, I, for the reason why I wrote I saw Tom Power, I think it's going to be another mid-forward. I think there's just too many rotators um, through there. Um, and I just don't think they'll all be able to use him in the midfield. So he's another one that I reckon has to find a second home. And I think that the the fact that they put so much time into him learning a bit of forward craft, it'd be a bit wasted if they didn't plan on using it going forward. But that said, he could just suck at it and they just end up throwing in the midfield as well. I think it's just going to be another development year ahead. I think North Melbourne are actually going to struggle to win a heap of the footy as well. So I don't know if the third year breakout um oh sorry stash now sorry but then if you're the third year breakout comes around because this is his second year um then he might be one to go for there what do you think he's another one that you want to stash with me uh well it's a good question he's in my my uh side currently in our home league yep i just don't know if i can hold him in my 16 spot it makes it so hard for these youngsters isn't it that's why i, I just didn't know. see enough so like yeah. i was kind of excited because um, I think I drafted him in round four last year and I thought yeah. that's a perfect price because he, he, he could great pick be, at the time he yeah. could be anything like he, he he could have almost done what Tom Powell's done but um, just didn't quite show it still looked quite small out there you know yeah. like Tom Powell looked a bit stockier than uh, Will Phillips and it probably showed in how he went about you know finding the footy I kind of put I put my team out end of last year or you know I tweeted it out or whatever saying you know this is who I'm keeping this is who I'm kind of delisting what are your thoughts uh, to some of our followers and a lot of people came back and said you've got to keep Will Phillips now yeah. I just don't know if I can do that especially when my team's still reasonably strong and can push for a flag if I was in rebuild mode sure I might 
be more inclined to. But I just haven't actually seen what I need to see at AFL level yet. And um, I'm happy to give him the benefit of the doubt. Like everyone kind of develops at a different rate. And we all know he's going to get good next year because that's the rule in your third year breakout. Yeah. But for me this year, I just think it's still a risky-ish hold. Um, look, I'd, I'd look to redraft him as potentially a speculative you I know, think, flyer. I think if you're in my position where my team is at the moment, you'd be keeping him. Mm-hmm. But because you're – Trying desperately so hard um, to contend to yeah. win your win your first win flag. First, get off never, the monkey off the back. Never won one. Um, really unlucky sometimes. <laughs> um, unlike someone else here, who's won one. You but just got lucky anyway. <laughs> yeah, lucked my way to a flag. You did anyway. Um, what was I saying? Um, yeah, like it depends. So people see your like keepers and they go like, "You're crazy not keeping," but they don't really understand where your team's sitting at in the mm-hmm. league and know that the top teams generally keep the best players. They don't really care yeah. about the youth and stuff like that. So um, yeah, I think he's someone you're going to have to throw back, but he's going to be a juicy pick up for someone because yeah. a lower team will pick him up and be able to kind of stash him for next year mm-hmm. and keep using him as the keepers next year even if he's yeah. not bad so yeah I think he's still a year away that's all all right I'm breaking a rule here I'm going with Aiden Core, who's a key defender so I don't love this pick but there just wasn't a lot a lot there but there you can make a case for Aiden Core. so only played two games last year um, so and then he averaged 64 from those two games but he scored 84 in round two against the Gold Coast then suffered a toe injury which ruled him out for the rest of the season um Average 16 disposals per game, though, which is quite good for a key defender. Um, yeah, so uh, basically, what am I trying to get here? So he's the top 10 disposals for key defenders in the league, which, um, yeah, I thought I'd just highlight that because most key defenders don't actually score that well through getting touches and things like that. Um, but yeah, if you look at the rest of the key defenders in the competition, the best was Luke Ryan. He had 22 disposals a game, and Rampy was second with 18. So then you've got um, Aiden Core, who's averaging 16 per game. And again, we know it's only from two games, so it's a small sample size. But um, look, the thing is as well, his disposal efficiency was at 81%. So he actually used it well by foot. So he might be someone that they want to use by foot and maybe get a few kick-ins from that as well. Um, Terrence left the club, so there's opportunity there for him. I think there's only three recognised key defenders on North Melbourne's list and one of them kind of floats between forward and back as well. So he'll have some defensive jobs to do. So that'll be making pretty gross for some weeks, but he'll have up weeks too. And, you know, he could be like a not in terms of playing, but in terms of scoring, could be like a Stephen May type thing where he does take quite a few kick-ins and stuff like that and gets a few kicks around the place um, and can score well. But, you know, I can see him being like a 70 averaging defender um, at his best, which might be good enough for a streamer or a bench player, maybe a last defender. I thought his 2020 was better than it was. He only averaged 50, which is about a 62. He was so just talked up so much because he moved clubs. That always happens. Yeah. And there was talks of role changes and stuff like that for him. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna. I thought I was actually gonna be like, yeah, I actually wouldn't mind drafting core, but no. After what I've seen, no. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm happy to give him a pass. Draft him late. Like, it depends what's available. But yeah, like I can see him averaging seventy if he gets a full season. After doing a defender ranks the other day, like there's a lot of true good, good defenders. Yeah, deep. I think like you don't need yeah. to stretch on someone like core who's. I don't remember ranking him to be honest. Kind of unproven, you know. Like I reckon yeah. you could get I don't know Jake Bowie or something like that quite late. Who's got more upside? Yeah, you know, and that's my point. I think. Yeah, no. If he was I a agree. forward, you know, you might go a bit earlier, but no, yeah, not, no, not I agree with that. I just yeah. really struggled to people to talk about for North Melbourne. <laughs> um, another one that we can talk about though is one of our boys that we love watching and love talking about in the podcast, uh, and that's Cam Zerha. So, despite not being the best fantasy scorer, um, we love still love him. Zerha. We still love him. We love the way he goes about it. So, we tipped him for a midfield role last year, and he did get stints in there 
early, but just didn't really have the tank for it. Um, he was tried in a few positions, um, even had a game of halfback, which is actually pretty fantasy friendly. Um, he looks solid in there, but he's definitely a natural forward though, and I think that's where he'll play um, his career for the most part. From round seven to 22, he kicked at least one goal in every game. He did get injured in the last game, so he probably would have finished that off um, if he didn't get injured. Um, he had three bags of four in there too. So his best game against, against Gold Coast where he, in round 15, where he kicked uh, two goals and had 12 kicks, 12 marks, seven marks, and 101 AFL fantasy points and I think he will continue that role just with little stints in the midfield just due to that tank I think as well um once he hits his prime, I can see him being like around the 80 mark. Like he might be, he might be a scorer like Toby Green one day, like not huge, but keeps four status each year and things like that. I'm not really sure. Um, but yeah, he'll take a while to get there. Nonetheless, I think I just like the fact that he can hit the scoreboard case. So that's nine points every time. So he's a player. If you can stash him away for a few years, um, I would. But yeah, you've got a little smirk on your face for this one, Kate. I'm just looking of- through his numbers because I'm a big Zerha man. Yeah. I just love, you know, it's just a big bustling unit. He's got a lot of 70s and a lot of 30s. Yeah, like he needs to, yeah. he needs to kind of tighten that gap. Yeah. Um, look, I drafted him last year and I don't think I really ever played him unless I was desperate or I had to loophole him in or something. Yeah. But he t- had one ton against the Gold Coast where he kind of well, he had 22 touches, uh, 20, 24 touches. I think that might have even been the halfback game. Like he started a forward. Or he kicked he, two goals too. But so. I think both of them on the run though. Like I think was, he was outside 50 for one of them as well. I like him. I just need him to lift his floor. Like yep. I'm not too concerned about his ceiling. Like if you get in a forward who's going to get you maybe high 70s each game, great. But I can't have can't have you scoring a 30 on me. Nah, that's uh, that's the thing. Yeah, maybe a streamer. I don't know. Yeah. Um, honorable mention, I guess, Callan Coleman-Jones. There's a bit of interest uh, from the listeners on him. Looks like he might be one of the rucks of the future, North. You, you've got to factor in that Goldie mm-hmm. is going and they've recruited him probably for a reason. But I reckon he's going to have to wait at least a year. Um, he said he's really keen to work under Goldstein and learn from him. So I think he's factoring in that he's not probably going to play or maybe play second string, but he wants to actually work with him and learn. So he might have to wait a year before he comes a decent scorer, but we'll have to see how he goes. He's a nice stash prospect for Yeah, me. I like think a so A rookie well. lister if you got him. Yep, absolutely. All right, that uh, wraps up our player uh, and sorry, our team analysis um, segments. Uh, we'll move on to the membership quickly. So it is ranking season, K's. Mm-hmm. So last week we put our defender rankings and the pod- podcast or the bonus episode that goes with that. Tomorrow we've got midfielder rankings mm. coming as well. So I mean, you've already done them. Don't groan. Yeah, no, but it was just so hard. <laughs> they are so hard. They're uh, hotly debated as well in that podcast. We actually went for 45 minutes on the bonus episode. We went a bit too in We deep. usually punch out half an hour, you know, 25, half an hour, I mean, episodes on those bonus episodes. We went deep. So um, if you're not a member, you're missing out a lot of gold mm-hmm. content and debate and argument and a few funny laughs as well mm-hmm. on there too. So um, yeah, sign up as a member, get the bonus content, get the bonus episodes, um, get our rankings, which are always pretty popular. Um, and wrong when you're ranking Ben <laughs> Keys, you guys. <laughs> oh, you're not of your ranks are ever wrong but anyway Miracle uh, doesn't miss drafty fantasy scores are something else you can also get state league fantasy scores also the breakout tracker much much more the other thing is as well um, which there's I didn't think this would be so like attract so much interest but my ranking spreadsheet that I put out on Twitter uh, a few weeks ago it's got uh, CBAs kick-ins points per minute time on ground has all the players like ages in there so you can like see how old they are when they mm-hmm. debuted when they were drafted all that sort of stuff their last three games last five games the splits between in the season has all this kind of information in one spot to help you out with your rankings. So I've, I've put that in the gold members group as a bit of a beta test and I didn't actually think there'd be that much interest but I am going to put it out for gold and silver members. So um, if you want this ranking spreadsheet then uh, yeah, have a look at it. A couple things on that. Okay. One. I hope you're going to talk it up. One. 
it's actually there's too much information. Yeah, there's like, so much on there's there. There's too much information. You can't <laughs> even process it. My, my small mind can't process it. Yeah. But secondly, I honestly believe this from the bottom of my heart. I'm not saying this because we are the keeper league. I'm saying it is easily the best fantasy resource around. Okay, so that means so much. It's like, probably the nicest uh, thing you've ever said to me. It is, but it's, it's true. <laughs> like, if I wasn't a member, I wasn't involved in this, like, that would be a reason I would pay money for it because it's worth it. It's 100% worth the it. The thing is as well, like, I probably did, when I sent it to you as well, I didn't kind of freeze pains and stuff like that where it kind of keeps player names there and it makes it easier to scroll across. I've done that for the members um, one as well. So, also, you can, you know, you can hide columns, you can delete columns if there's too much information in there as well. Which I did. But yeah, it's a huge spreadsheet. It's got mm. so much data in there for every player to help you out with your rankings. It's super handy for our rankings because you can see how players ended their season and not just the last five, last tens, that yeah. sort of stuff as Think well. Think like prospectus on steroids. Yeah, it's huge. But better and like usable need to add the some comments in there that's the next thing but that's a big job to do that mm. for 700 players but anyway uh, that's going to be available for gold and silver members that spreadsheet the ultimate ranking spreadsheet so um, yeah just in beta mode testing a few things trying to iron out any kinks and find any errors that are in it but it will be out soon I promise I'm not going to give you a date because I go back to work full time tomorrow so <laughs> we'll see but it will be out there before you do your drafts don't worry um, anyway gold members have that version but we'll talk about our gold members that sign up. We read out 10 of them each week on the podcast. I think Kay's, because you haven't been here for a couple weeks, I'll let you read out these gold members' names. You're a generous man. So, welcome Jake Thresher, James Brennan, Shannon Jackson, Andrew, Gottliebson, 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 sorry Andrew, I keep ruining your name, uh, Shane Brown, Toby Brandenburg, Carla Copeland, Mike Warren, Tim Davis, and Luke Matarokia. Matarokia. We've had him in the he's been a member for ages. Yeah, but like we practiced that one. I need to get closer. <laughs> I don't want to I don't want to butcher any more names than I normally do have. All right, fine. Hope that uh hope that microphone isn't peeking out with you moving it so quick. That's all right. You know, I yell at you for that. Um podcast reviews, we've got no new ones on there. Just make sure you get on Spotify and give us uh five stars now. We're down to four point seven what? last week. That was gross. I've is that because DOS is on now? Threw up in my mouth a little bit. Nah, but we're we're back up to four point eight the last time I checked. I haven't checked this week, so hopefully it's back up to four point nine. DOS at least. But uh, yeah, maybe just uh, if you can. I missed jump a few on episodes and we drop ratings. No, I'm sorry, man. No, it's just on. We didn't drop. It's just where we started at. So I don't know. Spotify's only just brought in the ranking system, the rating system. So anyway, uh, that's it. So yeah. Anyway, if you want to be a member as well, um, there's a link in the description below. Just click that and sign up there. Anyways, I'm just kind of stalling until I get back to the next title, and that is the listener questions. All right, the listener questions. Uh, again, we'll, I'll kind of say this throughout the preseason. We used to answer all of the questions. We get too many now and the show goes too long these days because we give away too much information. So we try to just pick the questions that don't relate to any player um, that we've talked about already on the show and already kind of given you the answer for. So, Kays, what's the first question? Uh, it's from Kang Daddy. 16-team, uh, deep, 32-player startup league. Where would you stallions take Ben Cunnington? Uh, age and sadly health will make him slide, but how far would you let that happen before you snap him up? Cheers. He's one of those players for me that like I'm now at the stage where I just wouldn't take him. Mm -hmm. So I can't give you an answer for that because I just wouldn't take him. Like he's not on my radar at all. If if he was the last pick in the draft, maybe. No, but if he's healthy for me, I'm taking him. You see, if I'm contending, I reckon he could slide to around four or five. Yeah. And I reckon he'd be great value. 
I'm just you mean in, a, in your redraft type thing. in a redraft yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah not yeah not a startup no I think that was obvious but um yeah yeah just for me like where my team's at I just don't need a player like him like he's not going to be 99 in, last year man yeah but I think it was from minimal games wasn't it and then also you know the health concerns and stuff from like 15 that 15 games is he even oh was it yeah. I, don't, I knew I missed a few but um yeah that's not too bad actually that's a lot better than I thought it was it's 30 uh, maybe I wouldn't then I didn't know. I didn't realize that. I thought it was around the 80 mark. My bad. No. Um, what did I rank him as? I'm just trying to. Did I even have him in the ranks here? I'm just trying to look him up here. We did. I had him at 92. You had him at 89th. Doss didn't rank him and he was 101st overall in our rankings. Potentially about right. I th- yeah. yeah I, it's hard to know what to do with his health, but if you're contending, I think he's going to slide and he's going to be great. Yeah. Value. I backflip on that. Now that I know he averaged 99, if he can, um, if he can get fit. I don't mind. I don't. Well, I would draft him. Case back on the pod and heft back flipping. It's good to be back, mate. I'll say this a million times in my lifetime: changing your mind is a strength, not a weakness, buddy. Next question: <laughs> Brian nineteen. What's the go with Connor Downey? Uh, was all the rage last preseason uh, and played one game as the son before never being heard from again as a sub. Sorry, as a played sub. one game as the sub before never being heard from again. Now, have you, you been looking, earlier. have you been looking on the side of milk cartons? Because there's a missing person. <laughs> like, seriously, I have no idea what has happened to him. Like, he was all the rage last year. I've, I looked. I was. I was looking for articles today. I admit, I only spent five minutes because I've been home oh, no, in the sun and not getting uh, a lot of time to myself. But um, yeah, I could not find anything a report about him. I don't know if you can quickly find one. I, he was. Men- he's, he's mentioned in a few articles saying that like these that you know one of the up and coming like crop and stuff he had like surgery that. Surgery on his ankle in September. Okay, that's not great. So maybe that. That's it. Maybe he's not back to full training. There's just no information about him, so it's really hard to tell what's going on. We can't just go down to uh, Waverley and peek over the fence, unfortunately. We're in South Australia. Could one of our listeners do that? Yeah, maybe they could. <laughs> That'd be nice. Uh, but yeah, no, I got no idea. Sorry, I brought 19. Um, can't give you too much. But uh, Jamie Radford, 66, he wants to know something about Finn McGuinness, some information on him. I don't know how he's, he's tracking you know, I don't know how he's tracking this preseason, but he averaged 65.7 in the VFL last year. Um, top score was 90 and then had an 89. Everything else is pretty low. Um, played one game last season for a 54 and I think he was a sub for another one. Um, I think there was some reasonable junior fantasy scoring, but we haven't really, I can't actually remember, but I drafted him last round last year and I generally only draft people that I don't know much about as if they have good junior fantasy scoring. So um, there must have been a reason there. So I don't know. Um, yeah, I can't Pass. see it happening. Yeah, there's too there's too many competition now as a midfielder um, in there. And I don't think he's overly like big as well. Like, I think he's nuggety as well. So I'm not really sure where he goes. I have to double check that. But off the top of my head, um, I don't think he's overly massive either. Um, Boff underscore 19 wants to know, can you see an uplift from Ed Langdon this season, Kate? We averaged 85 last year. Uh, a couple of years ago, averaged 92. That was probably when he was still at the... Dockers. So, um, no. I think he's he is what he is. I think he's an 85, maybe tops 90 kind of wingman. We know that wingmen don't always score as well as, um, you know, a genuine midfielder. And Ed Langdon is the most outside of outside wingman. Yeah. There's no disrespect for Ed. He plays his role fantastically. He's an absolute running machine. But his job is to get the ball run and, you know, kick it. Uh, into their forward line, not win contested pill. So, um, no, I think that's just what he is. Finn McGuinness is not nuggety. He's 187 centimetres. So, no. But he looks like, smaller on TV. But is he a metre wide? He's 80, 80 kilos, which is not nuggety m- enough. My weight right now, and I'm small. So, yeah. Anyway, um, 
Yeah, what are we talking about? Ed, Ed Langdon. Langdon. Um, I did actually have a good stat. So what did he average last? Uh, 85. 85. I think he actually declined in scoring in the second half of the year. Just give me two seconds to get this up because I actually got it off the screen. But if memory um, serves me correctly, he actually went backwards in his fantasy scoring. So I've got Zach Langdon here. That's not who I want. So anyway. Um, <laughs> I can't get it up quick Wrong enough, but London. I'll go off the top of my head. I won't. I won't say for sure, but it was something like he definitely he dipped his scoring in the second half of the season, which is probably an indicator that something changed mid-year and I don't know if something's going to change on the way back. So I think his first half of the year was a lot higher than his second half of the year from memory. So it doesn't doesn't fill with confidence. But that said, I still see like an 80, mid-80 average for him because he's that type of player that can win enough footy on the outside. It's just that I don't see where the scope comes from for him to improve. That's all. Dale Crane, LDU to average 95 this year no. and Greenwood to average 100? No. There's two answers to that. What numbers? Uh, I see 85 for LDU, mm-hmm. 80 to 85. And Greenwood could go 90, but I reckon that 85 to 90 range. Well, Although Davies there's a few midfielders out. missing. Davies getting out averaged 81 last year, 90 in his back five. Yeah, maybe Ooh. 85, 90, maybe. No Cunnington, no Anderson. LDU. Oh, no Anderson yet. <laughs> I would say, yeah, maybe, maybe. Let's go, maybe. I don't know if Greenwood's a genuine hundred nah, average player so. either. Nah, like he's neither. A I'd 90 say ninety to hundred. Yeah. yeah, maybe LDU could boost to ninety five, but I'd say eighty five to ninety is probably more what I'm aiming at. Uh, at Nathan Quarrell, rank these Hawks for me. Who goes? Can't fit them all in. So he's got Scrimshaw, Warple, Wingard, and Impey. One to four, please, Hefola. Um, I'm going to go with. Uh, I'm going to go Warple one. And then Wingard, oh Wingard, Wingard two. Scrimshaw drops down because of the the backline conundrum, and Impey drops out for me. What? Yep. Mm, I think you got to keep Warple. I'd go Impey, Wingard. I, I knew you were going to say that because you have a thing for Impey that you just love. Because he's actually really good. But he's had he's one. So good, much more consistent. He's had, you always talk about one good season. Yeah, that's true. You always talk about one good season. That's always Wingard's a forward, so it's really hard to you know like a, a forward that's going to play midfield apparently this year. So and he did play a lot of midfield at the end of last year season. Can't fit him well. I'm actually nah, I think Scrimshaw's peaked. No, I don't know about that, but I just yeah I think both of them are going to struggle in that back line. I think Scrimshaw has been a little. Scrimshaw's a better talent. Like as a high draft pick, pick and he's kind of shown the export guys. No, I like Once they leave the pair. Impy left on good interested. terms. He's fine. Like I just think you're you're the one who harps on about one season. Impy's and pretty injury prone his whole career. Don't love it. Although Scrimshaw is no better, but I don't know. I think Scrimshaw just fits into the side a little nicer. He's a bit more unique than Impy is. I think he's With, unique. What's that? He's unique. Now, when you think about like you know, um, I guess Bramble, someone who can come in there. I can't even think of the top man. Will Day, someone can play that running half back line. Don't draft Hawks players. Yeah, it's so <laughs> hard. Anyway. Uh, last one um, from at Legless Simo. Uh, Lockie Bramble and Connor Nash had Sam Mitchell written all over them that they did. Um, do you see them keeping guys like Philip and Shields out now? Well, you know, Mike. My, my, you said no. Uh, potentially. Like, I reckon they'll start with Phillips and Shields. But if they start performing pretty poorly, I think they're replaced with kids pretty quickly. Yeah, that's why I said. Yeah. Shields is probably the one who's a bit bit more worrying than Phillips. Everyone's talking about him going forward, but like, why wouldn't you just play Connor Shields. Nash? Yeah. Everyone's like playing He's forward. old, isn't he? Yeah, but like, that's what I mean. Like, why would you bother? Like, just play a kid. Tom Phillips is 25, so I'm not yeah, buying into the no. youth policy him. No, not at all. Good one on the, the chat, Have Thoughts on North Ruck Jacob Edwards as a deep stash in a dynasty league. He was the mid-season draft. Correct. Yeah, yeah, a lot of 
talk about him. Um, I don't think we got to see a lot of him at the VFL level no. though either, but um, we did put up his fantasy numbers, which were Stat, look, reasonable. Yeah, stash, stash. Of, or, you know, if, if you're playing like we do in our home league, yeah. rookies and stuff, always throw like a, you know, stashable yeah. ruckman in there because you just never know if they're going to turn into gold. We've seen two years of mid-season draftees. Who's been the best one? Will so Snelling. Will Snelling. Yeah. Doesn't fill me with heaps of confidence. Will Snelling's super underrated. I know he is, but it still doesn't. Like, he had a good end of last season. But again, you're the one The one swallow doesn't make a summer case. He's had two good years. <laughs> has he? Yeah. No, I can't remember. Um, oh, yes, he has two. You're right. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, still, if that's the best you're getting, doesn't fill me with confidence. But he's younger. Potential. Stash. Stash. That's all it is. Like it's a stash. Probably won't play early, but stash him. Yep. All right. That's a wrap, case. So thanks for joining us this week. Hopefully next week we can get all three of us in the room for once. That'd be great. I'll have to um, so consult my contract. <laughs> see if we can actually be here at the same time. Yeah. Um, and yeah, you have to rush between the two seats pretty quickly as well. Uh, but anyway, um, hit us up on our socials uh, at Keep League Pod on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube. Posting a bit of TikTok content up there as well, but it's mainly just the stuff you see on Instagram. Anyway, um, but yeah, thank you to Manscaped for the products and getting involved. Make sure you use keep it 20 at uh, manscape.com to get 20% off and free shipping um, also there's a link to that in the description if you want to get involved in that sign up as a member get involved in the Manscaped competition on the socials and I think that's everything Kay is anything else from you? no I can't wait to go home and trim my balls <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't even have to go home for that that's great anyway we'll talk to you next week see, see you later, later.